Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Some people are trying to deny what happened, to whitewash it, to turn the insurrectionists into martyrs. But the whole world saw the reality of what happened on January 6th. If that is the case, for what reason do we need a committee looking into what happened on January 6th? That's Benny Thompson, Congressman, Mississippi, Democrat, Chairman of the Select Committee. The January 6th Select Committee. Uh, they're, they're, they're meeting right now. There are tears flowing, people. Actual tears, actual crying. I can't make this up. Oh, Lord, help me. I can't make this up. I cannot make up the fact that uh, Representative Kinzinger, he of Illinois, was actually brought to tears by the testimony that he heard. Thank you to our witnesses. Uh, I never expected a day to be <clears throat> quite as emotional for me as it has been. Uh, I've talked to a number of you and gotten to know you. I think it's important to tell you right now, though, you guys may like individually feel a little broken. You guys all talk about the effects you have to deal with, and you know you talk about the impact of that day. But you guys won. <laughs> You guys held. You know, democracies are not defined by our bad days. We're defined by how we come back from bad, bad days. It's actually not a bad line. We're not defined by bad days. We're defined by how we come back from bad days. I think that's a, that's a good line. But the tears from Representative Kinzinger? Well, I think that's going to go down in history as a really, you're crying. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. That is the number. That's how you get in touch with uh, the program. Now, I'm never one who's going to say that everything that you saw on uh, January the 6th was kind and sweet. I don't think it was. And I have never been one to take a look at those people who experienced it, and they're like, "Man, this was this was something else. This was this was frightening." I, I agree with you. Uh, why would I ever disagree with you? It was it was frightening. I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want to have lived in it, been around it. Then again, I would have been armed. I'm just saying, I would have been armed. I watched person after person cowering waiting for someone to save them as opposed to saving themselves and me i would have been armed i certainly would not have allowed anyone anywhere to be able to have that level of control over me that's why i'm a believer in in carrying a firearm it's why i think it's so incredibly incredibly important to be able to to carry a firearm 
but these people don't don't see it the way I do. They 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 did not see it the way I do at all. So okay, they were there and they you know had a certain level of uh, of fear. I like the idea of being able to protect and defend oneself, but I'm not going to deny that they that they were afraid. What I'm going to deny is that there was an insurrection. And it doesn't matter if Representative Kinzinger is a part of this or Representative Liz Cheney, the Republican from Wyoming, is is a part of this. It makes no difference at all and in any way whether Representative Cheney goes down this road. On January 6th and in the days thereafter, almost all members of my party recognized the events of that day for what they actually were. One Republican, for example, said, quote, what is happening at the U.S. Capitol right now is unacceptable and un-American. Those participating in lawlessness and violence must be arrested and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. No member of Congress should now attempt to defend the indefensible, obstruct this investigation, or whitewash what happened that day. We must act with honor and duty and in the interest of our nation. America is great because we preserve our democratic institutions at all costs. Until January 6th, we were proof positive for the world that a nation conceived in liberty could long endure. But now January 6th Whoa, 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 stop it. What kind of hyperbole, pseudo-intellectual nonsense is this? We're no longer a nation that can long endure because a guy dressed as a Viking came to the Capitol? I put forth to you that not only we can handle this, we can handle much worse. Riots in Minneapolis, riots in St. Louis, riots in Indianapolis, riots in Seattle, riots in Portland. Nobody had a gun. They took selfies. This is nonsense from Representative Cheney. January 6th, we were proof positive for the world that a nation conceived in liberty could long endure. But now January 6th threatens our most sacred legacy. The question for every one of us who serves in Congress for every elected official across this great nation, indeed for every American, is this. Will we adhere to the rule of law? We should. This is why when you prosecute people, you don't hear any arguments from me. Will we adhere to the rule of law is exactly what we should be asking the the city council in Minneapolis and the mayors in, in Seattle and in Portland. Absolutely, positively, what we should be asking. Will we or will we not adhere to the rule of law? I say yes. I say we, we, we dang well should. I say we need to. But none of that is part of, well, Donald Trump is 
guilty of inciting insurrection when, of course, that's not true. It's not true. We don't have to debate what we know. There are a lot of things that you could say he did wrong, a lot of things that you can uh, you can point to. I'm fine with that. Because I think there are things that we can agree to that he did not do right. At least maybe, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one who sees it this way. All right. Then I'm the only one who sees it this way. But that's different than saying he's guilty of this, and that's far different than Representative Cheney going down a radical road of, we can't even look at the country the same again. That's not reasonable. Officer Fanon, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, speaking about what took place, Michael Fanon, D.C. Metropolitan Police Officer, in his own words. I put my life at risk to defend are downplaying or outright denying what happened. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. My law enforcement career prepared me to cope with some of the aspects of this experience. Being an officer, you know your life is at risk whenever you walk out the door, even if you don't expect otherwise law-abiding citizens to take up arms against you. Wait a second, officer. As we know it, arms were not taken up against you. That is different than saying whether or not people were involved in fights or hitting, or hurting, or harming. Arms is a very, very specific terminology. I don't deny that you were in a situation that you didn't want to be in, and that you found it frustrating, or angering, or frightening, or all the things. Just so we're all clear with each other on my position. But arms is a very, very specific bit of terminology now let's go the other way there is video easy to see where you had capitol police officers inviting people in okay all right you guys here just take your time you know everyone keep cool everyone just do this hang out Were, were, were those people the people you're referring to And why were there indeed multiple reactions, not a coordinated response to those people coming into the Capitol? You will find, Officer Fanon, that there will be plenty of people who agree with you on what took place at the Capitol, that it wasn't right that you should never have been put in that position by these people. But they will not agree with you that these are insurrectionists. 
They won't do it. And if you say to them, well, you weren't there, that, sir, with all due respect to you, is not a legitimate excuse. That is not a response. That is unacceptable. It must be hard to hear somebody from a thousand miles away say to you, you don't get to say that to Americans, but you don't. Or if you say it, you should expect them to say no. Not being okay with what ha- has happened is different than labeling the, the what happened an insurrection. And certainly how wrong Representative Cheney is to say that it, it, it affected the nation to a point where we're, we're, we're no longer the nation. Do I care how China views us? I know this. Hong Kongers would give all of their teeth to be here today. As far as I know it, and I could be wrong, I don't know if Liz Cheney has ever offered up refugee status for Hong Kongers and offered to send boats, planes, whatever could bring them over. The Cuban people wave American flags. They saw what happened on January 6th. I will guarantee you sure as God made little green apples that the Cuban government shared January 6th on a loop probably handed out candy to kids and they still want to come here representative cheney should absolutely be ashamed of herself and i've said it before and i've said it again i don't think there's anything uh, any harm that comes from dismissing liz cheney from the republican party i'm gonna spend another day thinking about it i'll get into it tomorrow as for officer Fanone. I'm not going to tell him he didn't experience what he experienced. I'm going to thank that man for his service. Absolutely I am. But I'm, I, I, I must be someone who, who cautions and cautions seriously. Being an officer, you know your life is at risk whenever you walk out the door. Even if you don't expect otherwise law-abiding citizens to take up arms against you. They did not take up arms against you. I must object. It has to be objected to. They did not take up arms against you. That's just not what happened. Now, I've got more on this. And, of course, so many people talking about the new socialism. You've got more and more Democratic lawmakers who want everyone to get basic income, even if they don't work. You're talking about free health care, free college. You've heard these conversations. Every night this week, Rob Schmidt is on Newsmax pushing back on the new socialism and leaders like Representative Ocasio-Cortez and Senator Bernie Sanders. President Joe Biden's spending programs, they're costing trillions and inflation is going up. If you care about your money, watch Rob Schmidt tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern. Find out why socialism doesn't work and it's going to cost you a lot of money. Get Newsmax on all major cable systems. That's Newsmax TV. If your operator doesn't carry it, call them and demand Newsmax or you can switch and you can find Newsmax for free on most streaming systems like Roku, Samsung, LG, Pluto, Zumo, and more. Or you can download the free Newsmax app on your phone. You can watch it anywhere. 30 million Americans are watching Newsmax because it's news they trust. Watch Newsmax today.
So I'll have some of the breakdown on what's going on with Simone Biles and the Olympic gymnastics team coming up. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Pink, uh, musician. Pink, you've seen uh, pictures. She is paying a fine for the Norwegian beach handball team. I didn't know until uh, this that there was a beach handball team. I knew there was volleyball. I didn't know there was beach handball. Maybe that's what volleyball is? No. Is it it something different? They are different. Thank you, Producer Ari. I appreciate that. Well, they they didn't want to wear the uniform. The uniform that the women wear is, um, it's a bikini, but maybe a smaller. It's it's tiny. And they're like, uh, my eyes are up here, and my athletic ability is out there. And uh, I don't need to be wearing this. And it's by rule uh, how it has to be cut in a certain way and has to come up at the hip and it can only be so long and everything else. And so they decide to wear like bike shorts. And they were told by the European Handball Federation, you can't do that. And they were fined $1,800. And Pink is like, yeah, I'll pay that. I'll pay it. She also said that the European Handball Federation should be fined for sexism. Uh, I, I will say I think there's only one reason why these beach teams, specifically the women, wear the outfits that they do. I'm pretty positive there's only one reason uh, to to have them wearing what they do. I, I, I don't think anybody's shocked or surprised by this. The problem is We don't care. Let me say again, I didn't know there was a beach handball competition in the Olympics until I heard this story. We don't care. We live in the world of Pornhub. We don't need the Olympics. I'm just, I'm sorry, is that too honest? I could see more skin from the MTV Video Music Awards than I, you know, I, I don't need the Olympics to show it to me. Let them be comfortable. Let them let them wear what they want to wear and move on. Now, there are rules, and you're going to get fined for breaking those rules. Just like Shikari Richardson, she wasn't able to be on the Olympic team because she smoked marijuana. Now, people will say, what does that matter? What do we care about smoking marijuana? Okay, but she still knew it was a rule, and she did it anyway. So that's that's on her. Pink paying the fine? Now, it might be different if you're like, oh, you're not allowed to compete if you're not wearing the proper uniform. I wonder what that would have happened, what, what, what could have come from it. But the Olympics should get on board and be like, all right, we're cool. It's fine by us. It's fine by us. Remember, you could be a man who now says you're a woman and still compete in the Olympics. But you're not allowed to wear shorts. The CDC has come out with new regulations, and holy cow. If you're not prepared to fight your school board over this, you're not prepared. I've got the latest. I'm Tony Katz, Facebook Tony Katz Radio, and this is Tony Katz Today. We should take a walk someday. Dream about what we could have been. But I don't want to leave this place. There's no faith in Brooklyn. Yeah. 
the CDC has come out or will be coming out with new recommendations on masks. And the recommendation on masks, specifically when we talk about schools, is beyond radical. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That's the number. The CDC is going to recommend that everyone in K-12 through schools wear a mask regardless of vaccination status. What the bloody hell was the point then? Oh, you got to get vaccinated. Oh, you got to get your kid vaccinated. Oh, my gosh, the only way to be safe. Now they have to wear a mask regardless? You're all insane. Show up in your superintendent's office by the thousands. It's the only way this is going to stop. The o- and we should be clear, the media is out of their head, out of their head in wanting more mandates, more mask mandates. This is Caitlin Collins of CNN to the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Does the president favor restrictions for unvaccinated people when it comes to restaurants, museums, concerts? The president favors uh, using the CDC as his North Star and what the health and medical experts are going to advise on how to save more lives and protect people. So no, he doesn't think that there should be restrictions on unvaccinated people like some other countries have. He believes that we should be guided by the science and by the data. And so he will look to his health and medical team to advise on what steps we should take. There's absolutely no science and no data that shows that masks work. And certainly for children. You take a look at the study first published in January of 2021. It's a perspective paper in something called ACTA. Was it, is it ACTA Pediatrica? Is that where it's from? That you take a a, a look at what people said about masks, and it turns out that those numbers are not factual. If you take a look at where the mask idea came from, it came from China through this paper in Acta Pediatrica, where there's an argument made that pediatrica that the, the pressure on the pediatric respiratory departments. It decreased because children were wearing face masks, but the data doesn't show that. As a matter of fact, the data doesn't show at all anything regarding children and masks. As Phil Kirpin pointed out on this program, and I've got the data in front of me, Mortality risks for unvaccinated children is lower than vaccinated adults over 30. A hundred times lower than vaccinated adults over 75. He points out, does Phil Kirpin of American Commitment, who is not a doctor but who is excellent with breaking down the data, that there are no mitigation measures that can be justified as, quote-unquote, for the children. And as for the CDC being the North Star, the CDC has gotten much wrong. Just the original conversation of masking to begin with. We want to discuss this as the idea of, oh, we got to worry about the breakthrough infections? No. People who don't have the vaccine may have to worry about uh, infections in terms of COVID to begin with. People who have the vaccine where there are breakthrough infections aren't the ones dying anyway. They They may just have the virus which we knew could happen at the beginning.
The data shows that of July 19, 2021, more than 161 million people in the U.S. have been fully vaccinated against COVID. And the CDC received reports in that same time of 49 states and territories of 5,914 patients with COVID vaccine breakthrough infections who were hospitalized or died. 161 million people vaccinated, 5,900 people having a breakthrough, and my kid has to wear a mask every day of school? Screw you. Parents who don't fight back are out of their minds. And parents who think there's a science to wearing masks, and let me be clear, you can tell your kid to wear a mask because you want them to wear a mask, but you don't get to quote science. This is what I just said. Parents who say the science say kids have to wear masks are liars. I didn't say your kid couldn't wear a mask. Your kid can wear a mask. I don't care about your kid. Now, that's a hard one. My gosh, you tell somebody you don't care about their kid, they will look at you like, what the hell? My kid's awesome. I assume that's what they sound like. When I say I don't care about your kid, don't you know it's a compliment? Don't you know that I never believe that my point of view is so important that your kid has to deal with it? It's your kid. You do any old thing you want. You want to be crazy? Go be crazy. Go live your life. I've seen the way you dress your kid. Please, I got nothing else for you. But you think my kid should wear a mask? Because what? You've got science on your side? You don't have science on your side. You have data on your side? You don't have data on your side. You have facts on your side? You don't. You've got nothing on your side except fear and nonsense and pseudo-intellectualism and political power. There is nothing that shows you need to wear a mask as a child, never mind as an adult. You don't need to wear a mask as a child. The CDC is not putting out any advice here that will save a life. Let me say it again. The CDC will not save any lives here. Lord knows how many respiratory infections they will cause. As is being reported... This is expected a a little bit later today. They also urging vaccinated people in certain areas of the country to resume wearing masks because of COVID. Not only will I not tell you if I'm vaccinated, I'm not wearing a mask anywhere. Now, if you want to tell me I'm not welcome in your business, that's fine. But if you, as a business, force people to wear masks, you don't believe in science. You believe in fear. You should know this. Well, we're just protecting our employees. No, you're not. You're not. Just a couple of months ago, as things were opening up, I said I wouldn't be surprised if retail operations or restaurant operations continued to have people in masks for, you know, uh, uh, making people feel safe or, or, you know, maybe, you know, a sense of of, of worry, you know, for, for, for their own employees. But the data is too strong. The data is too strong. The data shows that they don't work. And... I question what parents are going to do. I, I will tell you, I, I, I saw this story break earlier, and I uh, walked over to my wife, and I 
showed it to her on my phone, and she read it and just dropped her head right on the, on the kitchen counter and said, so? And I said, uh, we need a plan. I'm going to torture my children by sending them to school with a mask, or I'm going to be the guy who doesn't allow them to be around their friends. Well, what business am I in? I'm in the business of being a parent. I'm not in the business of being their friend. I have explained this to my children numerous times. Love my kids. I I love my kids more than you love anything. Which is funny, because you say the same thing about your kids. It's, it's, It's the proper reaction. Um, but I'm not their friend. As I've explained to them, I am your father. I am not your friend. My job is different. And how you will talk to me, how you will treat me, how you will treat your mother, the respect that you offer us is different than your friends. And my job is not to do the thing necessarily that you will like. My job is to do the thing that is right for you. How in the world do I send them to a school that's going to say you have to wear a mask. Why would I reinforce to them the idea that the school has their best interest at heart when they won't even follow science? Now, I'll tell you, I don't know what the school district is going to do because just two weeks ago, it was, uh, um, we, we, we'd like for you to wear a mask, but we're not going to enforce it. Now they've got the CDC on their side which I'm pretty sure is an homage to teachers' unions. Uh, We'll hear Randy Weingarten praising this from the American Federation of Teachers. We'll hear uh, the National Education Association talking about how great this is. Local school boards and administrators saying, well, the CDC recommends this is what we're going to need to do. CDC can't be wrong. We spoke yesterday with Michael Walsh about the FBI and the failures therein. This failure of expertise Let me be clear, we're not talking about expertise here. We're talking about ideological insanity and fear-mongering. In France, they want to send you to prison if you haven't gotten a vaccine and you go out. If you try and go to a restaurant or a bar. They want to send you to prison. The VA, the Department of Veterans Affairs, they announced yesterday that all doctors, dentists, physician assistants, registered nurses, uh, anybody who's known as a Title 38 health worker has to get the vaccine or risk losing their jobs. That's your federal government telling people you have to take a vaccine. Now, I have argued, stop telling me that it's not FDA approved. You don't trust government, but you want government approval to the thing? That's nuts. The argument that these people are making is, how dare you force something on me like this? Go tell me it's safe. Go on. Put your name behind it. They don't do it. They don't do it. This is a horror show we're now dealing with. And parents everywhere, my my argument on Twitter is that sound you hear is parents screaming at the wall, then searching up how to homeschool my children. St. Louis now saying you have to wear masks indoors. Meanwhile, Pfizer and Moderna are now looking to have trials for 5 to 11-year-olds. What the hell does it matter? Anybody who gets their kid vaccinated is out of their head. They just told you it doesn't matter. 
you have to wear a mask anyway. And I've already told you that the data is clear. The unvaccinated child, the mortality is lower than a vaccinated adult over 30. Yes, your kid could get COVID, and yes, your kid could get sick from COVID, and yes, your kid could die from COVID. These things are indeed possible, but they're very slim. This push for masks is fear and not science. And it's obscene. And I don't know if we're going to start getting governors that go back to the nonsense of mask mandates, knowing for sure that masks don't do anything. They don't do anything. The difference between people wearing masks and not wearing a mask in terms of getting COVID was it's half a percent. Half a percent. And outdoors, it doesn't matter how they spin it. You see, when you're outdoors to celebrate a Super Bowl victory, that's a super spreader event. But when rioters are outdoors celebrating Black Lives Matter, totally fine and important. That's how they spin it. That's how they push it. Now, parents have got a real question here, a real concern here. Do you send your kids back or not? It's easier to send them back. You got to get back to work. Oh, they just want normal. I just send them back. And that's what they're hoping for. That the system is built to make it easy on them to decide for you what it is you will do. What choice do you have? What option do you have? You got to send your kids to school. It's the law. It's your law to give up your child to groups that don't believe in science. That's where we're at today. Now, maybe some school districts will say, we've heard what the CDC has to say. We're not doing it. And that will be impressive. And I certainly hope my kid's school district is one of those districts. I hope and I pray. But until then, I'm one of those parents online learning everything I can about homeschooling, about school choice. I mean, I already know a a fair amount about uh, school choice. (laughs) It's one of my subjects. You might want to check out edchoice.org. Get more information. Love those people. But what we just are going to hear from the CDC, what it is people are talking about, it's not science, it's fear. And we shouldn't give in to such things. I'm Tony Katz. So I'm going to get into this story out of Politico about Democrats losing ground on school equity plans. It's it's very interesting, and it's more interesting that Democrats haven't figured out why. Why is it that their push for critical race theory hasn't worked? I, I, they're, they're, they're stunned, and they're shocked, and they're amazed, and they they shouldn't be. I think it's very, very easy stuff. Very, very easy stuff to understand. I, I don't know why they're, they're, they're surprised. Like, I don't know why anybody is surprised that, you know, Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago is the bigot that uh, she lets you know. She's only going to do interviews with people, with reporters who aren't white. She said it, and she's doubling down. I would absolutely do it again. I would absolutely 
do it again. And I'm unapologetic about it because it spurred a very important conversation, a conversation that needed to happen, that should have happened a long time ago. But I don't want it just a conversation. I want results. I want to, I want to see these networks, these companies, these producers, the decision makers take this seriously. I want people to do exactly what I want them to do or I won't let them do their job. You're an elected official. You answer the question from anybody who asks. All right. Everyone except Jim Acosta. I'll give everybody that. Everyone, if Jim Acosta asks a question, it's okay to just chuckle. Just go, <laughs> Jim. Jimity Jim Jim. And then move on with your day. She's, she's, she's super proud of her bigotry. I've got more on that to get into. Meanwhile, you've got David Chipman, who's trying to run uh, the associate, the uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, the association, trying to be the ATF director. Um, he's a bad dude and a hateful guy. And we're going to get into that. With Cam Edwards of BearingArms.com and public defenders siding with the Second Amendment in New York. What in the world's going on? Keep it right here. Facebook Tony Katz Radio. This is Tony Katz Today.